Hello and welcome back to the Red River Rising. I'm Pastor Mike along with Rick Salcida, our uh, master author here. And uh, today we're going to get into a new series that's entitled, Does Anybody Know What Time It Is? And uh, Rick, I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Why don't you get us started here? All right. Um, this title reminds me of a song from 1970 that Chicago did. And it's called, Does Anybody Know What Time It Is? Does Anybody Really Care? And it was a big hit back in the early 70s. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we got a little bit of it right there. Yeah. Let's see. And so that's my question. Does anybody know what time it is? Does anybody really care? Yeah. Well, I tell you, Rick, that's a good subject to get into, I'm sure, especially in today's age. Yeah. It's, it's a timely question that needs to be asked. And, uh, yeah. And, 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 and I think it's going to be a great time and a, and a, and a good message, brother. Yeah, and it's all, it's very important that we know what time it is, um, and it, it's a pertinent question throughout the ages. Uh, I want to start off in First Chronicles chapter twelve, verse thirty-two, and it says, "Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were two hundred, and all their brethren were at their command." So even back in David's time, uh, there were wise people that knew understood the times they knew what time it was Mm -hmm. and in this case uh saul and jonathan had been killed in battle saul's dynasty was a weak inept dynasty ruling over israel Mm -hmm. and so there were factions in israel that recognized that it's in our best interest that david rule over us Mm -hmm. so they were they were pledging their allegiance to king david and the sons of issachar were were part of that see they understood the times and so that's my question. Do we understand the times that we're in? You know, do we know what time it is? And do we even care? Are we even paying attention? Yeah, and that's, uh, of course, the last question will tell you whether or not you're doing the first two questions. Because if you don't really care, you won't be looking anyway. Right. Right? So yeah. do we care? You just, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, are we blindly going uh, through our daily lives, not paying attention, not realizing uh, what's occurring and, and what we how we can impact our daily lives and the people around us for the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a good point, Rick. Good point. And even back in, uh, when Jesus, uh, was doing his ministry on the earth, the, you know, the disciples, you know, David lived 3000 years ago mm-hmm. and it was important to know the times. Right. And 2000 years ago when Jesus was doing his ministry on the earth, um, it was important to know the times and the disciples didn't know the time. Right. Or they, they actually, they misread it. Yeah. And, and partly it wasn't their fault because that's what they were taught right. to believe. Uh, because up to that point, all the prophecies mentioned the coming of the Messiah and the setting up of his everlasting reign. Right. So they thought it was all going to happen together. And we see that in Isaiah chapter six or chapter nine, verse six through seven. It says, for to us, a child is born to us. A son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. See, so they thought it was all going to happen at the same time. They had no doubt Jesus was the Messiah. Right. 
And, and what really got them excited about it too is you got to remember the time period of where the Jews were at as well. You know, the Romans had just really started coming in over over dominating that, and this before the fall of Jerusalem as well. But you know, so when they heard of and they started seeing Jesus. Um, as uh, you know, I, I would think the same thing. Well, this must be it because we're we're being suppressed again. Mm-hmm. Here we are, you know. Uh, the, the, they recognize Shabbat, you know, the, the the exodus of the Egyptian, you know, tyranny, and now here they are thinking in this time that here comes the Messiah to get us once again back out of this situation and be reigning on top. Mm-hmm. So not only was it, I don't think, mis uh, mis teaching or misguided teaching. Um, but I also think it was a lot of hopeful wishing and thinking at yeah. the same thing. Well, see, God had a couple mysteries that he revealed later. That's right. You know, that he didn't reveal through the ancient prophets. So that's what threw him off. Yeah. Well, you know, when they talked about the reign, too, there was the kingdom of God, you know. Mm-hmm. When it was, and Matthew talked about this a lot. I'm sure we're going to get into some of that, too. But, you know, Matthew highlighted more than any other gospel writer was talking about the kingdom, mm-hmm. the, you know, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom yeah. of God. Uh, well, that's a good point because uh, when Jesus ascended to heaven, he was placed at the right hand of God the Father. Mm-hmm. And all power and authority in heaven and on earth are given to him. That's right. So essentially, it did happen, come yeah. to think of it. You yeah. know, I'm looking at it from a worldly point of view, but yeah. you just pointed out that, you know, it occurred spiritually first. That's right. And that was what Matthew was really trying to write to the Jews at that time to tell them that this is why Jesus was the actual Messiah because he was, he was fulfilling that of the Old Testament thing, just not in how they had envisioned, envisioned it. it. Yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah, yeah, continue on there, bro. So the disciples, you know, they, they believed that the Messiah would come and then, uh, set up what was called the Messianic Age. Where he would rule over the earth right. from Jerusalem. Yeah. And, you know, imagine if you're one of the disciples, you know, you gave up everything, followed Jesus for three years, expected him to become ruler of the world. Right. And, and then you would probably get some big prominent position. Right. And then when that wasn't, you know, when Jesus started talking otherwise, that must have really, you know, uh, disillusioned the disciples. And there's biblical confused backing. Them. That's right. There's biblical backing to what you're saying because, you know, they argued among who was going to be the first. Yeah. You know, so what you're saying is not all they, base. They were concerned about positions. That's so, you know, they right. did, you know, they weren't totally spiritually mature then either. They were, it's a growing process for everybody. Yeah. And they, you know, some of them wrestled with pride and, yeah. and prestige. That's exactly right. Yeah. And if you'll study the, the books of the New Testament, you'll understand that, uh, you know, uh, as you grow in the knowledge, you know, where, where, where Peter writes, I think it's the second Peter, you know, may grace uh, be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our God, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in that multiplication of the knowledge also comes with that mature uh, characteristics with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how we develop as Christians to be mature. Yeah. But if you, if you don't get into it, you're only taking the crumbs on Sunday morning. You know, not crumb, but the nuggets, I should say. Yeah. The nuggets that you get from Sunday morning, you're not making a whole meal of God's word. Yeah. You're not really growing up on anything. You're still on milk with it. Anyway, yeah. go ahead, man. Yeah. Side, side note, I know. Yeah. So um, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, Jesus starts talking otherwise, and it really confused the disciples. And it says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Mm-hmm. And so they're thinking, what, what are you talking about? Right. You're supposed to defeat the enemies, yeah. not be killed by them. Yeah. You know? To the point that the dismay actually was disbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, they were thinking that ah, this can't be what this, uh, you know, I wasn't just saying, say what, 
Yeah. They were saying, no, this. You, you, yeah, Peter. Yeah. Peter you, said, Lord, no, this will never be. That's right. That's <laughs> and, exactly right. and he got rebuked for uh, speaking words from Satan. That's exactly you know? right. Get behind me, Satan. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, the, the Bible says that God's ways are so much higher than our ways and his thinking so much higher than our thinking. And here's an example of it. Absolutely. You know, God knew a better way to work this out mm-hmm. than what our feeble minds conceived. Yeah. You know, and and then if we if we don't just recognize that, then we can really get all upset and disturbed and confused when things don't go the way we think they ought to go. That's right. There's a there's a valuable lesson in this. And it was the path of information. You know, revelation comes with time. You know, imagine if Jesus would have said all this right out the gate when when that when Peter and Andrew came and, you know, what if he had just, hey, guys, here's what's going to happen. I'm the Messiah, okay? I'm going to perform some miracles, y'all are going to see, and you're going to be pretty impressed. But then I'm going to let you down because you guys think I'm going to establish the kingdom, but I'm not going to do it the way that's going to happen. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die, and then I'm going to come back. Now, go ahead and stop fishing and come follow me. <laughs> they, 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 you know, they laughed him. Uh, well, you, you're out of your mind. Yeah. God doesn't give us uh, what we don't need, right? Right? Because He's a loving yeah. Father. He's a loving God. And Jesus, mm-hmm. when He came through, of course, you know everything that um, God spoke through the Holy Spirit. Jesus then related out from that, right? So, mm-hmm. and, and if, if He'd have laid all that out, and that's the same way with us. So we we get so antsy. We need to know. We need to know right now, right now, right now. But the truth be told is that we we couldn't handle the truth mm-hmm. all of that at one time. Yeah. Where these disciples took bits and pieces as they went through and they stuck beside Jesus. And then at the end of it, they wrote the New Testament, the Gospels of it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and yeah. the, some of the epistles with it. So yeah. anyway, but, but just a side note, folks, don't worry about God's timing because it's always right. Yep. Don't worry. Your impatience yeah. does not make God's timing wrong. Right. Yeah. And then you, if you could just stop and recognize who God is and who you are. Right. And then you'll realize, well, who am I to lecture God on how to do things properly? That's right. And, <laughs> and, we, and we won't say it, but we yeah. think it. Yeah. And, and God knows our heart. Yeah. And so there, it lies in our heart. And it's okay because sometimes it's okay to ask God, God, when are you going to do this? Because yeah. I've done that. Yeah. Even this morning I was telling God, you know, I know that you, you, you're in charge of all things in your way is best, but help my impatience. Yeah. That's you know, because right. there's some things I've been wanting to see manifest and they're just not happening. That's so right. I was saying, Lord, help my impatience. That's I was right. honest with him. Lord, I'm impatient. I wanted to see it now. But, he already knows it. But I trust you. That's you right. Know, trusting in you help my impatience. That's right. And that's how God can help us grow is when we're honest like that. Mm-hmm. Because he already knows us. Who are you mm-hmm. going to lie to? The, the most, uh, the omniscient God, the, the, the <laughs> yeah. one who knows everything. You going you think you're going to fool him somehow? Yeah. You're not fooling him. Yeah. You're, you're fooling, trying to fool yourself is what you're doing. Right. But if you're yeah. honest with that and open with God, it, the Bible talks about, you know, uh, what is that? Um, re- re- rebuke, uh, or correct a fool and he'll hate you, but correct, uh, 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 a wise man. A wise man. And you have a friend for and life. You have a friend for life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's what I want with God. I want a friend for life. So yeah. let me be wise, God. Tell me it's not not now yeah. or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want God as my friend for life. But anyway, yep. moving yep. on, brother. Moving on. Sorry. Yeah. And then so, you know, when when Jesus came and did his ministry, you know, he came to conquer sin, hell, death, the grave, disarm Satan and his principalities and powers. Mm-hmm. So in essence, he did defeat the enemies. Right. And like you were saying, you know, uh, he, spiritually, he is in an everlasting rule. Yep. And, uh, it just hasn't manifested physically on the earth. It has spiritually, mm-hmm. but not physically. Right. 
And so, you know, in between that physical manifestation and the coming of the Messiah, God inserted a few mysteries. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first one was the church age. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we've been in this age or age of grace. You know, it's, it's also known as that for about 2000 years. And, um, Jesus revealed this after his resurrection when he talked to the disciples in Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. He said, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he just established a new age, right. the church age. Um, and that, that point where there's a scripture that says Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I believe that was the birthing of the church age. That they, at that point when they received the Holy Spirit, they became, that initiated being born again and having the infilling of the Holy Spirit becoming the temple of God. Okay. Right there. Yeah. So that's where I think the church age kicked off and i i i can't argue that i mean i can see where you're coming from uh, mm-hmm. with that theologically stand you know speaking and i i would agree with that too because you know we believe in a two separate event system mm-hmm. with the holy spirit so, yeah that that's uh, that's a separate event from 40 what, 40 50 days later on the day right. of pentecost right when the the holy spirit came upon them right versus indwelling uh, in indwelling in them that's right. yeah that's right um but this, so this happened around, uh, the year 33. So it's almost 2000 years ago. Right. Now, our, when we came up with this current calendar that we use, the Gregorian calendar, mm-hmm. the, whoever set it up had to estimate what year zero was. Right. Because it was, you know, centuries after Jesus had, you know, did his ministry on the earth. And I bet you, Ten dollars, they didn't get the right. They didn't get it right. Sure, um, yeah, you know that's feasible. And and there are people that say that our calendar or the year zero is off six years either way. Hmm. So, um, you know, the year zero wasn't probably the exact year where Jesus was born. Right. So, so you know, because uh, you could say two thousand years after the church age began would be twenty thirty three. But give or take six years. Sure. Because it, because it's off. And even historical events kind of tell us that, yeah, you know, the year zero is probably not the year Jesus was born. So it's all an estimate. But I want you to keep in mind that, that we're approaching 2000 years because I want to talk about that. Uh, probably not in this segment, but in the okay. next segment. Right. But so, uh, Jesus initiates the church age. So, in between the coming of the Messiah and the, and the physically setting up his eternal reign on earth, um, God has this mysterious event that he didn't uh, tell anyone about until Jesus revealed it. Okay. And, and Jesus did operate in, in, uh, you know, he is considered a prophet. So, you know, he's, cause like I, I just recently read a, a verse that God doesn't do anything without revealing it through his prophets first. So, so it's like he waited till the last second to reveal this. He didn't reveal it through the ancient prophets, but he revealed it through Jesus that he's initiating this church age so that everyone on the face of the earth is going to have an opportunity right. to hear the gospel and to either accept or reject Jesus yeah. before the end comes. Mm-hmm. So, 
And, and that's the age that we're in now. That's the times that we're in now. Um, you know, and it's not the first time God did something mysterious, you know, you know, or spectacular. He can do the unexpected and he can turn things upside down in an instant. And I believe we are going to see, you know, it, it looks pretty bleak right now, but I believe there is going to be a great awakening, a great revival and a great end time harvest, Amen. you know, that. that God's house may be full. And, and, you know, he said in the latter days, he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, mm-hmm. which means all flesh is going to have to hear about the gospel and know about God, you know? So, um, I think that's the times that we're entering into, you know, in the next 10 years, I think we're going to see a lot of this and it's really going to be amazing, right. you know, cause we're used to growing up in the age, you know, you go to church once or twice a week, you read your Bible, you pray, you go about your daily life. Right. But I really think we're going to see a lot of miraculous, powerful moves of God. I do too. I think you're going to see, but I think you're going to see just like in the early church, you're going to see hot spots mm-hmm. where they're at. You're not going to see yeah. such a global uh, pandemic of movement like that, but I think you're going to see these hot spots coming up everywhere mm-hmm. throughout the world that you're going to see signs and wonders and those things. You're going to see real miraculous conversions and healings. And uh, you're going to see, I mean, you're going to see the Bible coming to fruition right in front of us. But I believe they're going to be localized. And I think it's going to start with the small churches mm-hmm. that are uncompromised mm-hmm. um, and have been uncompromised, that they're not lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're hot. Yeah. I've heard lots of pastors over the last 10 years talk about uh, the next revival is not going to be in one like uh, Pensacola right. or Toronto. Yeah. I believe there was one in Toronto uh, 30, 40 years ago. It's going to be a bunch of little fires, That's not right. one big fire. That's right. So like you said, all those little uncompromised churches, That's right. the Holy Spirit's going to start moving through there, through them. And there's going to be, you know, great signs and wonders and miracles. Yeah. One of my great, one of my, my great, one of, one of my really concentrated prayers that I've been having lately is God, give me a new hunger. Every, I, I want mm-hmm. a new hunger for your word, for your presence. I want an increased hunger for, for, for you. Just, you mm-hmm. know. And I think if that starts spreading to other people and they start getting that same kind of hunger, because then you're seeking and you're watching and you're, you're mm-hmm. expecting God to do something and move in a way that is only can be God. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to spark with this stuff coming up. Yeah. So. And, and that's my biggest desire right now is that God move in a way that glorifies him. That's right. you know, a parting of the Red Sea mm-hmm. way that everybody knows yeah. that can only be God. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping for. Absolutely. And uh, so in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it reads, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And then in Matthew 24, verse 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Yes, indeed. So it's going to happen. That's right. You know, the, the gospel is everyone living on the earth is going to have the opportunity to hear the gospel and either accept it or reject it. And once that last person hears it and makes their decision, then the end will come. And, uh, and we're going to talk about the events of the end time next time. But for now, this is uh, Rick Salcedo with pastor Mike Holmes, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today and prepare your heart for the coming revival. (laughs) 